Well, good morning, church. Hey, thank you so much for making being at church a priority. I know it's fall break for a lot of students. Those of you here, it's so great to see you. For those of you that are gone and on vacation and traveling or maybe at home, can we welcome everybody that's online real quick? Just give them a welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Pastor Mickey and Amy and everybody for tuning in. It is so great to bring the word this morning. When I found out I was going to bring the word, man, I was bummed for Pastor Mickey and his fam. Um, but I felt bad because I was a little bit excited because I'm always excited to preach, you know. I'm always excited just to bring God's word and um, I think I have a word that's going to be that's going to be really powerful. I think it could change your perspective this morning. Um, I, I think I think it could really change your life, and and it's all about changing your mind. So the theme of today's message is make up your mind. Look at your neighbor. Tell them make up your mind. Husbands, maybe don't do that to your wife. I've only been married for a year. I know that's not a good thing to say. So maybe apologize. Then look at your other neighbor and say make up your mind. Make up your mind. We're going to be talking about thinking today. We're going to be talking about our thought process today. But before we do that, I want to share with you, um, this past Christmas, my brother-in-law and my sister got me a new game, got me and Jason a new game, and it's called The Game of Things. They're going to throw it up on here. Anybody ever heard of this game before? Nobody. Awesome. So I'm going to explain. One, 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 you've heard of this game before. Cool. So I'm going to explain this game to you. So how this game works is... You each get a card, okay? Or one person gets a card. It's similar to apples to apples if you played. Anybody apples to apples people here? Okay, we've all played that game. It was like really fun in 2004, and now somebody breaks out apples to apples, and you want to burn it. You want to burn every card. We're all sick of that game, right? So this is like a redone version of that game. And what you do is there's a category, okay? So one of the categories could be something like... Um, Something you wouldn't do for all the money in the world, okay? So the category is something you wouldn't do for all the money in the world, and then everybody has to secretly write what they wouldn't do for all the money in the world. They all throw it into a pile, and then the guesser has to guess who thought what. That, are you tracking with me? Does this make sense? The guesser has to guess who thought what. So if it were something you wouldn't do for all the money in the world, what I would pick is touch a snake. For all the money in the world, I would not touch a snake. Wouldn't do it, could not do it. I'm not into snakes. I, I, I grew up Pentecostal, but not the snake handling kind. Like, that ain't me. That ain't me. I don't do it. Okay, quick story. The other day, me and Jace, all right, so we just built a new house. We're, brand, we're finally in our brand new house. And the other day, we pulled up. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen this. Pull up to our house, and there's a snake crawling up the wall of the outside of our house. Probably this long. Crawling up the wall. I almost burnt the house right there. I almost burnt it and said, in the name of Jesus, be gone. <laughs> like, I almost did it right there, right then. But instead, what we did is we literally took a hose, got it to the ground, took a shovel, and cut its head off. Why? Because the God says that you can crush the head of the serpent. Amen, anybody. Amen. Come on, he's given us dominion over the animals. I, I believe that to be true. Snake lovers, I'm really sorry. I killed it. Couldn't deal with it. But that's what I would pick, and because now you've heard that story from me, you would understand if we played the game of things, and the category was what you wouldn't do for all the money in the world, and I wrote down, touch a snake, y'all would guess me, right? You guys would all guess it was me because you know my thoughts, and because you know my feelings because the way I express what I do. So what I would instead do in that game is write something really stupid. I would write something stupid down, something to make somebody laugh. So they couldn't guess me, so I would get more points 
to win the game. So here's what I want to do. I want to do a really abbreviated version of this game. You don't got to say it out loud. You just got to think it in your head. Try and remember it in your head. Even if you want to write it in your phone, that's fine. We're going to play a really different abbreviated version of this game. And the, the categories are going to be a lot easier. I want you to think of a thing, the first thing that comes to your mind when I say these words. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Sweet. Let's do it. Lunch. Coronavirus. Fall time. Rap music. Mexican food. Politics. And God. Got it? Got it in your head? You all were thinking there? Okay, cool. I want to read a stat to you that I found really, really interesting. Me and Haley talked about this for like 30 minutes the other day. In 2005, the National Science Foundation published an article summarizing research on human thoughts per day. It was found that the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Sorry, I just gave you five more. I, I apologize. 12,000 to 60,000. That's quite a big range, right? I mean, that's kind of weird. 12,000 to 60,000. So you're probably anywhere between that 40 to 50,000 is my guess per day. Now, here's the big thing. 80% of those thoughts were negative. Out of the 12 to 60,000 thoughts you have every single day, research says about 80% of those thoughts were negative. And get this, in 95% of the thoughts were exactly the same repetitive thoughts that you had the day before. I'm going to read that all again. I, I want to make sure you really get this because this is huge. 12 to 60 thoughts a day, 80% are negative, and 95% of the thoughts are the thoughts that you had the day before. Think about that. So now that I said this, six times that thought process, more than likely tomorrow, you will think that thought. More than likely, you'll think about something tomorrow, and you'll think about that stat I just shared, and you'll probably think about it for the next few days, because 95% of the thoughts you have, you had the day before. That's wild, isn't it? I thought that was pretty wild. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.5. We take every thought captive. So every thought that you have, you have the authority to take captive. Every single thought. I want to read you a quote by A.W. Tozer. Not hoser, okay? I told Haley in the office this week, I was like, yeah, I'm building my sermon off this A.W. Tozer quote. She's like, you're building your sermon off the band hoser? I was like, no, you didn't listen. A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer quote. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts about God. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. The most important thing about you. So, when I did that question, when I read that question of 
the coronavirus, of this, of that, of this, of that, now knowing that you know the stats about everything, here's, here's my guess. If I were playing the game, here's my guess as to what I think you probably would have thought. All right. Lunchtime, you're probably wishing, I wish Sam would hurry up because I'm hungry. Negative thought. Coronavirus, I'm ready for all this to be over. We all are. Rap music, trash. Mexican, that restaurant down the road gave me bad gas. Politics, Washington's full of morons. And God, what's your thoughts? If the most important thing you think about when you think about God, if that's the most important thing to you, what you feel when you think about God, and 85% of your thoughts are negative I think it's fair to ask the question, are 85% of the thoughts you think about God negative or positive? Are 85% of the, the feelings you get when you hear the name of Jesus, is it a positive thing always? Or is it sometimes a negative thing? I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent in this place. There have been times, even as a pastor, that my thoughts about God weren't always the greatest. Man, that my thoughts about God were, God, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why you're doing this to me. I feel like I'm stranded on an island. I don't know why my heart's broken. I don't know why I'm depressed. I'm serving you. This isn't going right. Anybody else have just thoughts sometimes that just ram, run and run and run and run in your head about the Lord? And sometimes they're not always positive. But if A.W. Tozer's quote is correct, and I really do believe it is, that the most important thing about you is the way you think about God... Are we really putting a priority on that? Here's why I think we often have a, a bad thought process about God. I'm not saying it's all bad. I, I really believe this church loves the Lord. Come on, I really believe this church loves the Lord. But here's why I think sometimes our thoughts get screwed up in our head about the Lord, the way we think about God. You ever... Mainly high school is where this happens a lot, but I mean it happens in real life too. This happened a lot to me in high school. But man, even at another job, this happened to me. Before I ever met someone, somebody would tell me how that person was before I met them. Anybody? Hey, so-and-so over there. I want to let you know just before you know, like, they did this to me, they did that to me, they did this, they did that. Like, you don't want to be around them. Just want to let you know. Just want to let you know. Like, be cool to them, but just so you know, you don't want to be around that person because that's how I feel about them. That happened to me in a workplace before. In a workplace before, my boss shared all this stuff about this person that worked there with me and said, ah, you don't, you don't want to believe this about them, and just, just stay away from them, and they're, they're, no, they're no good news. Like, just, just avoid them. Tell you what, the second I left that job, I didn't hear anything from the boss. I heard everything from that person, and it was always good, great things from them. And at the end of it, I felt guilty because I was like, man, like the whole time I was there, I treated this person kind of standoffish because somebody told me something about them that wasn't true. And then I figured out their true colors in the end, and their, all their intentions for me were good. Some of you might have grown up in a church your whole life, been spread lies into your head over and over and over about who God is. Man, if you go to church 52 Sundays a week, or 52 Sundays a week, 52 Sundays a year, and you're hearing lies and lies and lies and lies about God, 
man, the way you probably think about God probably isn't the way he needs to be thought about. Here's a church phrase that I hear often that I, I understand what people mean, but I don't completely get it. Someone gets sick, right? Someone gets real sick. Ooh, brother, God's just testing you. God's just testing you. Man, God's, God's just testing you. You're just sick because God's just testing you. Or, man, you break your arm and you got to have surgery. Oh, the Lord's just teaching you patience probably. God's just, God's just testing you. Now, I think he makes all things work together for our good, right? I think things happen, and he takes it, and he makes it good. But how many times do you, do you see in the Bible Jesus go to Peter, break his arm, and say, hey, I'm just going to break this arm off you because I just want to test you real quick, and I want to show you that I can heal it. You ever see that happen? You ever see Jesus go to John and say, hey, I'm going to give you cancer real quick, but I'm going to make you walk through this process and walk through cancer, John, and you're going to walk around and, and have cancer for years and years and years, but then I'm going to heal you, and then I'm going to get all the credit for it, because that's, that's what I do. Zero. Zero time in God's Word does he ever do that to anyone. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't. Now, we live in a fallen world where sin exists, right? And because sin exists, Sickness happens, disease happens, things happen. But man, the whole God's testing you thing, if you're walking around your whole life like, oh, this is happening to me, this is happening to me, now this is happening to me, now my wife's doing this relationship with me, or my kids are doing this with me, or I mean, you're walking around and all this negative stuff going on, and you throw it all under the umbrella of God's testing me. Man, I wouldn't like God too much. I wouldn't. I'd be like, that, that, that doesn't seem like a great God to serve to me. Can I remind you this morning, he isn't the one that made you sick. He's the one that can make you whole. Can I remind you this morning that he's not the one that breaks up your relationships. He's the one that restores it every single time. Can I remind you this morning, he's not the one that puts you in poverty. He's the one that can bless you if you just follow him, if you just grab a hold of him. He's never one to curse. He won't curse his children. He wants to bless you. He wants to love you. I'm not saying that things won't happen. Don't misunderstand me. They will. But Jesus even says in his words, like a father, what father, if their son were to ask for bread, would, they give, would a father give him a stone? He wouldn't. He loves you, but is that your thought process towards God? Or is every time something negative happens, it's instead, oh, God, you're testing me. Thanks so much for doing this. Can we shift our perspective? Can we shift our perspective to, God, this is happening to me. Lord, help me. Lord, see me through that I complete this. Lord, help touch me. Can we change our perspective this morning from a mindset of, man, God, you're testing me. God, you're, you're making these terrible things happen to me. Instead, turn it to Man, I believe you're a good God. I believe you're righteous. I believe you're holy. I believe you make everything work together for our good. I believe that there's sin in this world, but you said, take heart for I have come to overcome the world. Can we grab a hold of that? Are we going to walk around with this idea of God that's just not who he is? 
If A.W. Tozer's quote is correct, and I believe it is, it says, Worship is pure or based as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts about God. So if what you think about something turns into what you feel about something, then it turns into what you do. Then when you're going through your week and you have those thoughts about God, it changes in the way you worship. When you get in a space like this, you have a hard time worshiping God because the understanding of who he is is incorrect and you have a hard time lifting your hands and worshiping. You have a hard time singing, I believe, in the goodness of God. You have a hard time worshiping God the way he deserves because you're worshiping a God you made up in your head that's false. It's just false. I got another church I used to youth pastor at. Um, amazing man, World War II veteran, prisoner of war, amazing, amazing guy. His name was Bob. He gave me a book by Tozer where I first heard this quote. And in the cover of the book, he said, Sam A.W. Tozer, he wrote this message in the book, Sam A.W. Tozer served a big God. Not like the God preached in many pulpits today. Because a small God is a false God. A small God is a false God. Do you believe your God's big? Do you believe your God can heal? Do you believe that? Maybe you don't because the things you're putting into your head and the things you're speaking out, you're thinking and you're feeling things that are wrong. So here's what we need to do. 2 Corinthians 10.5, destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive and obey Christ. So instead of walking around every day saying, man, God, I can't believe you made this happen to me, here's what I'm going to choose to do instead. Read scripture and recite it and speak things that are good. Because how many of you know when you speak something, you have to think about it? Think about that. When you speak something, you have to think about it. Anybody ever remember like studying in high school or college, studying your notes? Sometimes you couldn't just read it in your head. You had to speak it out loud because when you spoke it out loud, then it really got inside of you and then you could really remember it. It's the same thing for God's word. So instead of saying these negative things in my mind, instead I'm going to say out loud, John 16, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart for I have come to overcome the world. Isaiah 41, 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1 9, I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Proverbs 33 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understandings. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Revelations 21 4, he will wipe every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more, neither thou there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. How can you think those things and believe those in your heart and not believe that God is good? 
Man, that's the things we need to be saying out loud. That's what we need to be saying out loud. When the devil comes at you, when he, t- when he tells you, man, you can't face this. Man, God's testing you. Man, God's, he's abandoned you. You can say, take heart. My word says, my God says, take heart for he's come to overcome the world. And greater is he in me than he who has overcome. That, that's God's word. But instead, you know what we put in our minds? Our phones, negative thoughts, negative thoughts, negative thoughts, negative thoughts. This is negative. This is bad. This is terrible. Why don't I have as many followers? Man, why is this virus still going around? Man, why is this president doing this? Man, why is this past president doing, talking about this? What's going, we're just, we're so consumed with this. We turn on CNN and Fox News and ABC and whatever trash you want to watch and everything poured into us is just negative and negative and negative. And you wonder why you don't believe God is good and you wonder why you don't believe is great because you're so focused on everything that's wrong instead of focusing on everyone that's right. Church, when are we going to make up our mind? When are we going to say, you know what, I'm done with this negativity being fed in my head because I know what comes into my head ultimately comes into my heart and ultimately comes into what I do. Instead, I choose to meditate on things that are good and pure and holy. When are we going to change our mind? When are we going to make up our mind? Can I remind you this morning, God's word said he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Your mind doesn't control you. You control your mind. Somebody needs to hear that in this place. Your mind doesn't control you. You control your mind. Your thoughts don't control you. You have authority of your thoughts. Second Corinthians, it says it. Take every thought captive. Every thought. Man, and battle it with Scripture. Man, that might sound crazy. That might sound... Well, Sam, you're over-exaggerating a little bit. Man, Sam, you're, you're getting a little too fired up about nothing. Like, like I'm telling you, this, this is life or death. We're the most anxious world we've ever seen. This generation is the most anxious generation ever, ever before. You know what causes Anxiety. Man, we've been talking about this. Being alone. And we're told to be alone. Can I remind you, you need to get somebody with you that can speak good things into you. You need a friend that can speak positivity into you. That the second you say, man, I screwed, that he can look right at you, a friend that can look right at you, he or she can say, you know what, bud, you're loved by God. You know what, you have a purpose and a plan for your life. I know things aren't going right right now, but I just want to speak truth over you. I just want to prophesy something good into you. Do you have a friend in your life that can speak goodness into you? Or are you consistently walking around people that are putting negativity into your mind? Can I give you a word of advice for negative people? Get away from them. That's harsh. Sorry. (laughs) Get away from them. Try and be positive to them. 
try and confront the situation, man, but if negativity still occurs over and over and over, it's time to get away. It's time to get away. The negativity that goes, I, I, can't, I gotta say it over and over because I really believe you're gonna catch this. The negativity that goes into your mind, if you're not careful, will go into your heart and it will play out in every single thing you do. So Adam and Eve, you know, they walked with God in the cool of the day and they knew it was right and wrong. God had told them. He told them one rule. Don't eat that fruit. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. What does the enemy do? He doesn't tell him to eat it. He asks him a question. Did God really say that? Did he really say don't eat that fruit? We can quote scripture over and over and over and over, hearing God from God's word, but I'm telling you, Eve heard the audible voice of God. And a snake rolled up and it asked a question that planted doubt within her that changed the course of existence. Sin is often ushered in by doubt. And how do you combat doubt? Speak the truth. You know what Eve could have done in that situation? No. God told me, I'm going to remind myself so myself can be made clear. And I'm going to remind you, God told me not to do that. End of story. Done. Done. Because I would have done. Y'all know what I would have done. I would have killed the snake. I wouldn't have listened at all. I told you that already. I would have been, Bye. It's real easy to get fired up and read scripture like this, but man, when you're walking through everyday life, man, the enemy has a way of whispering doubt into our minds, doesn't he? Man, do you really think God wants you to be healed? Really? Maybe it's just his plan for you not to be. Man, do you really think he loves you after what you did last night? Man, do you really think his grace can forgive you after you looked up on the internet what you looked up yesterday and nobody knew about? Do you really think you can ever be happy again because you screwed that all up by yourself? Do you really think? And he plants that doubt into our head and it gets into our heart and then we walk around bitter and we have this idea of God that's nothing as to who he is, but it's everything about just the doubt that was implanted into our mind. And here's what you need to do. Take that thought captive. Combat that thought. Destroy every argument against Christ and proclaim truth in the midst of doubt. Friends, some of you, some of you have come into this place week after week after week, some of you years. And you see other people worshiping. And you see other people praising God. 
and you see other people get blessed and to get their blessing, and you're looking over and over, and you're going, God, why isn't this happening to me? God, why, why are they so free to worship? Why do I feel like I shouldn't worship you like that? Man, God, they, they, seem, so, they seem so content in the prayer. Like, why, why am I not like that? God, I, I see them getting blessed. I see them having kids. I see them having a family. I see them getting married. I see them doing this. Like, why, why don't I have that? Can I ask you a question? Do you really believe God can do it? Do you really believe he can do it? Faith's a really powerful thing. Man, and I believe he helps our unbelief, but I think sometimes we just gotta, we gotta stir faith inside of us. Man, I think sometimes we gotta get to his word and say, you know what, I need to build some faith in me. Sometimes I need to turn on some worship music and I need to pray to God and I need to build something in me because this faithless heart that I have, I, I don't think it's going to come into fruition because, because I don't have any faith. Maybe you don't have any faith because the God you think about and the God you think you serve is a false God. He's a small God and he's not a large God. Are you serving Jesus or are you serving just this, this fictional small God that you made up in your head. Because let me remind you something today. He is everything his word says he is. He can do absolutely everything his word says he can do. Now his word also says clear, no mind can see and no, no word could say how great his love is, how amazing he is, how majestic he is. Like you may not understand it fully, but come on, can we just get a little bit closer to him this morning? Can we just take another step closer to him? Can we just take another thought captive? Can we just think another thing great about him? So we come in this place, we, we don't have a choice but to worship him. We couldn't help but worship him because we understand just how great he is. But man, when you walk through week after week, week after week, week after week, the enemy telling you, nah, he's not that. Nah, he doesn't really love you. Nah, it was, it was his will for you to get sick. He wanted you to get sick. He wanted that to happen to you. He doesn't want you to be whole. Man, how, how do we walk around enthusiastic about a God that believes that? He always heals. And let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart about healing on the other side of eternity. I believe it. I believe it. But man, may that never be a cop-out for us accepting healing that can be done here. Because you know, he can do it here too. He does it on the other side of glory. It's amazing. It's great. He does it. But he wants the best for you on this earth. When Jesus says, teach me how, when Jesus says, when he teaches the disciples how to pray, he makes very clear, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on this earth in me as it is in heaven. So we're going to worship again here in a second. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to evaluate the way we think about God. I want us to evaluate the thoughts we have about God week in and week out. And if they're negative, here's what I want us to do. I want us to build some new thoughts. Because I think once we build new thoughts, it'll get in our heart and it'll change the way we are. We can build this together. We can do this together. You you can't do it by yourself. It takes a church. It takes a church that can look at other people in the church and say, you know what? God's got something for you. You know, Jesus loves you. It takes a church to build each other up, to implant thoughts into us that are positive and not negative. You know what we do when we worship? We sing truth. Never do I sing songs about like, oh, I'm broken and I'm, I'm hurting and I'm doing this and I'm doing that because I don't, I don't want to talk about that. You know what I want to talk about? God, you're holy. God, you're mighty. God, you can do everything your word says you can do. Jesus, you're amazing. You're my healer. You're my provider. You're my hope. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're, you're everything I need. That's the stuff I want to sing. That's the stuff I want getting into my spirit. So let's do that. Can we stand? The worship team's going to come. And I want to encourage you with something this week. The second a negative thought comes into your mind about who Jesus is, I want you to just, I want you to just quote a scripture in your mind. No, I want you to quote a scripture out loud. It could be as easy as John 3.16. Because I believe love covers, covers just about everything. And it could be as easy as, No, devil, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Forever believes in him will not perish but live eternal life. My God loves me. He sent his son to die for me. I'm loved. I'm a child of God. It could be that easy. But here's what you can't do. You can't walk out through every single day and take punch after punch after punch after punch from the enemy and expect to walk into this place and be whole when you're not fighting back. God's given you power to take every thought captive. He's given you all authority over the enemy. It's time to fight back, church. It's time to fight back. It's time to say, you know what, devil? I'm not going to let those negative thoughts come into my mind because it's going to change the way I act. And in return, it's going to change the way my kids act. It's going to change the way the people around me act. It's going to change the way the people in my church act. I don't want to spread negativity into the church and cause a house of worship to instead be a house that believes you aren't who you say you are. I'm going to play my part. And I'm going to spread how great you are. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord.
Jesus, that you've given us authority over the enemy. God, as we're attacked almost every single day, every day, Lord, with, with thoughts, God, that, that question who you are, Lord, may we have the courage to stand up and to speak your truth that you're a good God. We love you, Jesus. We give you everything. Come on, let's worship. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.